By the way, did you guys see the email that I forwarded you from Kevin? That was amazing. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin was not doing any studying that night. Okay. <laughs> communications major. What the what was no chance. Also, yeah. hearing him address me as brother George. Brother George. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is the What A Year podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy George. Today, I've got with me two of my best friends and business partners, Brett Helberg and Daniel Berman. We're here to talk about goal number uh, 35, to run a profitable side business. Uh, Just to give you a little bit of background on these guys. So uh, I met both of them in college in the same fraternity together. Brett was the president. Berman was the vice president their senior years. Uh, or they're sorry, the juniors. Actually, I don't even remember what year. Yeah, junior year. Junior year. Um, Brett lives in New York City with his beautiful and amazing girlfriend, Allie, and their little golden doodle, Milo. Uh, he's a real estate agent with Compass, is literally selling million dollar listings. He's also a fitness enthusiast and he gets really excited about new curtains. And Brett runs our sales, marketing, and finance for the business. Berm is the uh, sales director at Prime Trust, lives in LA with his beautiful and awesome fiance, Robbie. Um, he, he would win the superlative for most likely to get injured and uh, is a silent partner with the business uh, and also our chief hospitality officer. So what's up, boys? I appreciate you hopping on. Excited. Excited. It's Friday. It's Friday. We got uh, we got our helicopter pilot on the line. You know, life is good. <laughs> uh, did I miss anything in those intros? Is there anything else you guys would add? Um, I would also say most likely to recover from injury. Fair uh, enough. We, we, Fair we, enough. We, we, are, we, we are not going to uh, you know stay down. This is the third one, but you know we're gonna, we're going to be okay. We're going to be <laughs> all right. We're going to be back to tennis soon. Berm's a trooper. Yeah, I think you. Uh... I think you hit it spot on, Jay. I appreciate the uh, the intro, and I'm excited to be here on the podcast. I've been an yeah. avid listener, so it's uh, <laughs> so it's uh, an honor to finally uh, join you on on the pod. First time guest, Brett. This is Berman's third appearance, so he's a seasoned veteran at this point. Um, mm-hmm. So let's let's just hop right into the first question, which may take the entire rest of this episode. Uh, which one of us was, well, actually, sorry, before I jump into that, I should probably give some context to our listeners on what the business is. Uh, and you guys can fill in the gaps where I miss it. So uh, very quick story time. The three of us all lived together in New York City. Uh, we lived in the West Village um, and started living together in April of 2017. Um, in that apartment, we had this small little nook space near the front entrance of the, uh, of the apartment that we really weren't using for anything. So one of us came up with the brilliant idea. Pretty sure yeah, it was me, but I guess we're going to have a debate about that. But one of us had a brilliant idea to Ooh, throw shit. a mattress in there. Hang up a curtain rod and call it an Airbnb. And so we started renting it out. And, you know, the, as a group, we thought we might generate a couple hundred bucks a month, you know, just some extra money for, for beers on the weekends, basically. But this ended up generating, you know, $2,000 plus uh, in a single month. And so we started realizing that we actually had a real business opportunity here. Um, you know, so from there, we decided to expand. We got a second apartment in, uh, in Soho, 
rented that one out on Airbnb. And then continue, you know, once we realized that we had a, a pretty replicable model, we actually expanded that to four apartments in New York city at our peak. Um, and then in March of 2020, we had bought a property in Miami. And so that was when we officially formed flex living LLC, uh, which is the business that we've run now. So it transitioned from kind of a side hustle, uh, something to do for fun, you know, and make some extra cash to something that we actually decided to dedicate ourselves to uh, as real business. Um, and that business was started, you know, basically right before the pandemic. Um, so that was a, that was a wild time, but we ended up being able to turn a profit on it. And so that's something I think all three of us weren't expecting uh, when it first started, given that the majority of our revenue was based off of tr- tourism, uh, which obviously was shut down during COVID. Um, so hell of an experience so far. Is there anything I missed or anything, any other key details you guys would add to that? Yeah. I mean, you definitely missed the part where I was definitely the one who came with the idea for the business, but uh, <laughs> outside of that, and you know, that whole conversation on the couch on 14th and 7th, I'm just saying outside of that, I think you're good. So this, so Jeremy, you're asking the question of whose idea was it to put the curtain up in the nook and like start having guests in, in our, in our apartment. Okay, exactly. well, the, cur- the curtain was probably your idea. I mean, that's fine. Like, yeah, <laughs> love Brett fucking loves curtains. We'll yeah, give him I, that one. Yeah, you got who's the curtain. I, whose idea I mean. was it to turn that space that we were paying money for into a revenue generating thing? That's the question. Yeah, the see, is- that's that's where I I, I will respectfully take ah. the back seat on this because I don't remember who it was. I thought that it was a group thing that we came around to, but my thing is that I, my idea was to actually expand the business that's to, to, to more apartments. Uh, so, so that's where I, I'd, I'd like to take credit, but <laughs> yeah, with, 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 with starting the, the business as a whole, I'm not sure who it was. Jeremy has, has said many times that it's his idea. So, <laughs> so I, I, I am, I'm more than happy to go with that. It, maybe it was the both of you. I mean, look, man, here's the thing. We had, we had an extra mattress at the time. Okay. It was Berman's it, mattress. It was Berman's extra mattress. It was, it was my That's extra right. mattress. All right. So you know what? Uh, I'm willing to offer a, uh, a treaty and a compromise where I will split 80, 20. Who gets 80 and who gets 20? I get 80 is my bet. What, man? <laughs> no chance. <laughs> oh, we can go 50 50. I'll go 50 50 if you want it. No, if I took it, look, I'll, I'll take 80. I don't know, man. I'm just messing around. I honestly don't even remember who exactly came up with the idea. Either way, we came together and made a, uh, made a, made a business. So, you we know did. what? We're here. It was a hell, of, a hell of a great time. And quite frankly, regardless of who gets it, obviously, we're going to, we, 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 we like to split everything fairly and equally anyway. But, um, I think it was my idea. So I guess the mystery remains unsolved. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we'll we'll leave that debate for a future time. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, so talking about the business, you know, we can kind of take this conversation obviously in any direction, but I'm actually most curious because we haven't really sat down and like formally talked about this. Um, For for you guys, why did you want to expand it to Miami and why did you want to like really formalize this thing? Right. What, what was the reason you wanted to transition from it just being kind of a side hustle to something that we were going to do more officially? Yeah, I'll, I'll take that one. So uh, for the people who are listening, who, who probably don't know the, 
the business of running an Airbnb in New York is a very, mm. um, it's a very wild west, right? And to begin with, you know, we weren't, we weren't going to our landlords and asking for permission. Like this sort of thing was more of like under the premise of, you know, ask for forgiveness rather than permission. for permission. Yeah. Exactly. So in that respect, scaling this sort of business in the way we did, to me, just didn't feel like a long-term strategy. Yep. And the long-term play was, was always legitimizing it in the form of acquiring a property that we owned, that we had the final say over what we do with it. And uh, the economics of Miami just made a lot of sense. And in a lot of ways, the property values are low and um, there's a ton of tourism and hotels charge a very high nightly rate. So there's a great kind of opportunity to get into that um, you know, the, the serviced accommodation space where you can offer an apartment with a, with a kitchen and charge just as much as a hotel room would. So, um, that's where I approached it from. And, and I thought there was a big opportunity there. Um, and that's why I pitched us hard on, uh, on Miami to begin with. Yeah. And to Brett's credit, definitely Brett spearheaded the expansion to Miami. I think all three of us were definitely on board with the idea of expanding the business. And I think the three of us definitely were um, in agreement on just like the lack of scalability and some of the friction we were going to face in New York. Uh, Let it be known that although this might've been frowned upon by the landlords that we were working with, we did everything by the book uh, according to New York law. Yes, we were not breaking any laws because we shared the apartment with the people that we hosted. There were a lot of people who were breaking the law and just signing an apartment and Airbnb the whole thing, thing. which which, you know, that that is completely illegal. We expanded in a legitimate way where we were within the bounds of the law that we were living in the apartment and we were just renting out extra rooms, which was you know, a scalable solution uh, to the point of, you know, we're making what 50,000 a year in profit. It was a great business, but um, you know, it, uh, it just wasn't scalable to the, I think the, to the point that we wanted it to be. Yep. Brian, what about you? I mean, for, for me, it was just a, it was an opportunity to, uh, to actually get involved in a, uh, in a business that I've, you know, helps create myself. And, you know, I've always uh, considered myself to have an entrepreneurial personality, but uh, I've never actually had the, uh, the guts, if you will, to uh, go out and take that, you know, major step and, you know, run my own business and, you know, having the, uh, the comfort of, uh, you know, the two of you guys at my side as uh, the, the silent partner, if you will, um, you know, that kept me very comfortable because uh, I mean, look, I, I can't, uh, you know, do what you guys do every day. I got too, too many other things going on to focus on it. And you guys figure out a way to do it. And it's, uh, when it came to the expansion in Miami, um, it, it really was a no brainer for two reasons. A, ability to, uh, you, you know, kind of have the pride of running my own business and seeing what, uh, you know, all of that intakes and involves, which is an absurd amount of focus, attention, effort, blood, sweat, tears. I mean, uh, we, we bought a place literally like seven days before uh, New York and Los Angeles and like all major metropolitan cities shut down. Like, yeah. uh, and we had to figure it out. And a lot of tears. Yeah, man, it was crazy. But 
you know, we, we, I think we all learned a tremendous amount about ourselves. And so, you know, I wanted to experience the highs, the lows and all that kind of uh, stuff that's ancillary to the business or inherent to the business rather. Then number two, why would you not want to have a place in Miami? 46 floor, perfect view of the, uh, of the ocean, South beach. I mean, you got all of Key Biscayne that you can take a look at. It is as, I mean, it's, it's as perfect as you can possibly get. It's a pretty so, sick spot. Yeah. I mean, from, from those two perspectives, it was, uh, it was a no-brainer. And plus, uh, our uh, million-dollar listing uh, man over here, Helicopter Helberg, did a phenomenal <laughs> job at finding a, uh, a good spot. He did. Did a great job. That's been one of my favorite things, actually, is the, uh, the complementary skill sets that I think we all have in being able to run this business together. Um, but, Berm, you brought up something that I wanted to ask about, which is, like, coming into this, what were your expectations and how did reality compare, right? Like what were your biggest surprises? Um, what are some of the things that really stand out to you? So, so it's a great question, uh, you know, from two fronts, because the, the experience that, you know, we have in running Miami versus what it was like running uh, New York and expanding the New York operation is vastly different, right? Mm. Um, and so, you know, what, what did I expect? I expected, you know, at the beginning chaos and, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, things to be out of order and for us to, uh, you know, kind of have to figure some things out on the fly. Um, but, you know, I also expected that, you know, we would come together and figure out a solution because that's what we do. I mean, I, I find solutions for, uh, you know, multi-million, multi-billion dollar businesses every day. Jay, you do the same, right? You do the same for, uh, you know, homeowners and, you know, we, what we all in our careers and, you know, what we do day to day is we find solutions. And I was very confident that, that we we're going to do that regardless of the, uh, the experience. Right. 100%. Brett, what about you? You know, for me, the expectations versus reality uh, I, really comes down to the HOA and yeah. how much influence they have over your property <laughs> Berman's gone. I, don't, I don't think Berman yeah. can watch me speak seriously about anything <laughs> yeah, that's all please, please, please. <laughs> yeah I mean going into it I knew that buying in a condo we were going to inherently lose <clears throat> some power and, and decision making to the HOA board but I had no idea how drastically things could change when it comes to the rules that they set in the building. And, you know, when you buy in a building where the, the original bylaws when the building was built 14 years ago, say there are absolutely no rental restrictions and everybody in the building has been renting on Airbnb nightly for 14 years, you would never think that, you know, a pandemic was going to come through and travel and uh, accommodation was going to get shut down and the HOA can just say, you know what, we're banning short-term rentals. You have to have a 30 night minimum stay. And, you know, that really affected our profit margins. Um, luckily it, it didn't affect them near as much as we thought they would. And we're, and uh, you know, we're still very profitable, but you know, it, it's uh it's something to consider. It, it changes my outlook of, you know, buying property in the future uh, because, you know, they have so much control over, over your property. Yeah. 
Very good lesson, especially on condo purchases or even just in HOA communities. Something to think about is how much control you really have. Um, what's been your guys' favorite thing about running this business? And maybe least favorite thing, if there's something that pops to For me, and I think this is just kind of how I am in general, but it's just meeting new people. I just get a lot of energy from meeting new people uh, on a consistent basis. And, you know, starting the business by sharing our apartment with a little curtain up, you know, it kind of forces, it forces us to meet those people when they were coming in. Yeah. Just uh, providing a service to people uh, in, in the form of like that one-to-one relationship, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's small business at its finest. I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach and honestly, uh, be a little more sentimental and say, it's just my favorite part about this business. The fact that we keep in touch, uh, you know, all the time, like you, uh, you, you very frequently when you're uh, lost in your work role or, you know, you're, uh, you know, living in different cities, Jay's up in NorCal. Burger in New York. I'm in uh, in Los Angeles. It's difficult to uh, you know stay frequently in touch with uh, you know you know your best friends. So uh, whether you're uh, you know you're on par, whatever it is, we're syncing up weekly. We're talking about business stuff all the time, and it's uh, it's really really cool being able to celebrate uh, celebrate separate the uh, the business and friend conversations, which we we do really well. Like. None of us have a problem telling each other, hey, you know, fuck off. Like, you're completely wrong. This is, you know, completely wrong idea. And yeah. Honestly, one of my favorite things is listening to you guys bicker in our meetings. And I just get to sit back and (laughs) (laughs) listen to your stupid ass arguments with each other. You know, they say they say never do business with friends. I I think, Berm, what you just said was was so true. And I 100 percent agree with you. But at the same time, this this whole business has been such an experiment with with that key (laughs) piece of advice that so many people give. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like Jer- if we didn't have Jeremy, this 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 whole business would not work out. <laughs> I mean, look, our, our our weekly meetings and monthly meetings, quite frankly, are like a new episode of Doctor Phil. But uh, you know, Jay, Jay you are Doctor Phil, uh, and yeah, you, you know, Berg. I, I think that's why you you know we've got the three of us because you know you and I. I you know, we've got very similar yet very conflicting, uh, you know, ideas on some things, but, you know, we hear each other out, even though we might vehemently disagree, uh, you know, one way or another, still figure out that solution. So and that, I think that's uh, you know, the beautiful part about business. So yeah, don't do business with friends that you can't tell fuck you. <laughs> I think there's also a big takeaway for me has been the value of having three partners. And you see that a lot, you know, and in physics, they say the triangle is the strongest base, right? Or the strongest foundation, because there's a lot of good balance there. We've got the three branches of government. Um, and, you know, whenever we need a tiebreaker, we have that, right? There's always going to be a two to one vote. And I think it also comes down to that mutual respect that we have for each other. If, if I'm the losing vote, even if I still vehemently disagree with you guys, I'm going to accept that defeat and we move on. Right. And, um, and, and that allows us to make decisions really quickly. And the other thing that I've really enjoyed about working with, you know, two guys that I trust with, with so much more than just my business, but like with my livelihood is if I disagree with one of you guys on something, I'm never wondering, 
okay, is, is he trying to fuck me over right now? Right. Like I, the thought never crosses my mind of like, why does point. he want to do this thing that I disagree with? Does he have some ulterior motive? The question is, I was like, okay, what is he seeing that I'm not, or what am I seeing that he's not? There's never a question of integrity. Um, so that's on the partnership side. Absolutely. Been one of my favorite things about this. hundred percent. Um, yeah, uh, go ahead, Brett. Yeah, I was I was just gonna say that I think in business integrity, at least personally, uh, I value as as the absolute most uh, important quality in working with people. And if you if you have full confidence in the integrity of the people you're working with, I think you're you're in a very good spot. So we're we're very fortunate to to have that uh, amongst the three of us. Yeah, honesty integrity (laughs) (laughs) exactly i I still recite those to this day every morning look at yourself in the mirror hip (laughs) ffprca ah yes hip purpa hip 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 kerpa while Um, we're on the the topic of memories i was doing some digging into some of our past conversations with guests in anticipation of speaking about some nice. of the memories from the business. Oh, yeah. and, I, and I wanted to share one of my favorites. I'm sure you guys remember this. At Wait, some... can, can we guess? Can we guess which one it is? <laughs> this is the beard. It's, the it's beard gotta be the Korean it. girls. That was the first one that I looked up. <laughs> and then I remembered an even better one. So oh. I'll share, I'll share, I'll share both with you guys. But the, so the, the, the one that really takes the cake, at least in my opinion, is Tian from Hangzhou, China, never actually was a guest with us, but he submitted an inquiry on February 2nd, twenty. I remember this one. And he says, hello, do you accept gay? Fair question. So, so, so Daniel, so so Daniel was in charge of responding to inquiries and Daniel responds, hi, Tian, of course we do. Smiley face, just pre-approved you. So keep in mind also for all our listeners, we lived on 14th and 7th, which is West Village, but like right on the border of West Village and Chelsea, the gay pride parade comes right through our neighborhood. We're a very gay friendly neighborhood. Uh, Obviously, the four of us also, you know, very pro LGBTQ, uh, although just none, none of us are actually gay ourselves. Um, so sorry, just want to provide that. Context. Yeah. So I think we were all on the same page. Like this guy's just wants to make sure that like, we're not some anti-gay exactly. group of, of four guys who are yep. going to like, you know, antagonize him because he's homosexual. Yep. So, so Daniel responded how any of us probably would have responded. You know, of course we accept gay people. You know, I, we just pre-approved you to book. So like an hour later, Tion responds, wonderful. How about having group sex with you guys? <laughs> Smiley face. Oh my, oh my God, I forgot about this one. <laughs> and oh, we, we were dying. Dude, I remember oh I remember when I saw this. We were all on an airplane, I think. We, we were all flying back from Whistler, maybe. or I don't remember, but we were all sitting in different parts of an airplane. And I remember reading this message <laughs> and being like, oh my God. And I think one of us sent a screenshot to like our group text. And I was just looking over at Berman to try to see his reaction. <laughs> Wait, I, I hope that I, I hope that I responded with a, a very professional response. Like, yeah, hey, Brett, what was his response? Yeah. So, so Jeremy jumps in to take over. Uh, oh yeah. Cause I'm, Berman, I'm not sure why. Berman in the group text was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, Berman. 
<laughs> Berman was probably going to respond with some really, really rude comment or something. Like, I mean, dude, this, this, this is Airbnb, not Airbnb bone. Like, you know, I don't know what, I don't know what was going on, but nice. Nice. Hey, hey. So Jeremy responds very yeah. professionally. Sorry, Tion, we don't interact with our guests in that fashion, but I'm sure you'll be able to find the accommodation you're looking for. Best of luck with your search. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, oh man. my gosh. That one takes the cake for sure. Yeah. We never hosted Tion, but he Take sure was. off somewhere else. <laughs> um, so speaking of which, though, we got, we got to bring up the two ladies who stayed with us from uh, from Korea. Yeah, so, so I go do, ahead. Do you do you have the uh, do you have the uh, the review up? Yep, I have the review. It's very long. All right, so, so let, let me let me start with the with the quick context here. You know, as uh, as we are running a little bit low on time. Uh, these two, these two wonderful, you know, ladies booked with us on Airbnb, cut flying in from Seoul. Uh, they were our first guests. First overnight guests. They were our first non-friend guests, oh. if I recall correctly. Is that July, right? July, July twenty-second, twenty seventeen. They must have been. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Oh, wow. I forgot that detail. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So you know, we're, we're thinking we've got like you know this uh, you know this amazing business. Everything is good. You know, these two flying from uh, from South Korea. They come, they check in, and, uh, you know, one thing, there's a little bit of an issue with check-in. One thing leads to another. We're now, you know, welcoming them in. Like, typically, you know, we'd have, I mean, I typically would have, like, a glass of wine with, uh, you know, with our guests or, like, you know, a beer or something. I'm chief hospitality officer. I'm half Swiss. Like, it's just it's in my nature. Hey, welcome on in. Would you like a glass of wine? And take a look to my left, and one of the ladies is petting, like, literally <laughs> hand out petting. Uh, one of our other hosts, Kevin's beard. And I, I was like so confused on like what actually was going on, but she was so mystified. I guess they, they don't really see beards too often in, uh, in South Korea. They don't have she, beards like, like that in South Korea, no. Yeah, no, no way. And I mean, because Ke- Kevin grows out a full beard. I mean, this, <laughs> this is like a full, you know, beard, right? Yep. And I just see this lady stroking his beard like petting it as, it as if it was like a cat on his chin. And I had to leave the room. I had stuffed my face into a pillow. I didn't know how to react. I was laughing so hard. I didn't know what to do. That's what I loved about um, like our very first Airbnb was just, we got to interact with so many different cultures and so many different ways yeah. of life. I mean, and, and you know, this is part of Airbnb's mission really, right? Is to just like bring different cultures together and really create this like cohesive unity across the globe. Um, and we got to really experience that firsthand. So these girls were, you know, the first example of that, but we had people from everywhere, you know, tons of folks from Australia, Argentina, Norway. Um, it was, it was awesome. Uh, shout out Sai Ping, Flores. Sai Ping and Flores, baby. Yes, you guys. Yep, if you guys are listening. But uh, all right, anyway, Brett, please go ahead and read the review from the uh, the Korean girls. Yes, so here is what Hyo Hye. That's exactly how they say it. Hyo Hye says, for those of you traveling with women, you must be very worried because only men are buying them. So don't worry. So this is by also way, tr- yeah. translated by Airbnb. So, I'm the- <laughs> but this is how we received it, which is hilarious. They are all very fine, very kind, fun, and well-mannered. The house is also very clean and men live together. So I was very worried that it would smell like an uncle, but it's more comfortable than most women's houses. Everyone works out hard so they can lift two trunks. 
on the day we checked in, handsome Jeremy listened to us sweating profusely. <laughs> they have good energy. <laughs> yeah, July in New York. You, I guess you, you must. I was have been sweating, man. Are you helping them York. bring their their suitcases up four flights of stairs. <laughs> I completely forgot that. That was what you call a grade A Schwitz. Exactly. So that, so it goes on. So they always they make us feel so happy. We didn't have a problem for three days. They making an, an amazing experience for us. They are hospitality, kindness, and wonderful personality. Really made this trip so much more than it was meant to be. P.S. Especially Kevin is smart and used to growing wonderful beard. <laughs> most, <laughs> most especially Daniel has good connection skill. So I think he can be able to make everyone comfortable. Finally, Jeremy Handsome. Thank you, guys. <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. I mean, you got to be kidding me. Kevin has great beard. Daniel can make connections. <laughs> Jeremy is handsome. Like, you, you can't beat that. My question is, why didn't Brett get a shout out? I, I was out of town. I was just going to yeah. say, I was, oh. I was really sad to have <laughs> missed meeting them. Damn, that's a bummer. Because yeah. that review encapsulates the entire experience, like right. at its core. That's that's what I loved about doing this. Um, that's what awesome. we did, dude. I mean, we hosted people. I mean, you know, we 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 gave them like a real view of New York. It's yeah. uh, you know, instead of uh, you know dropping five hundred bones on a uh, on a hotel in uh, in New York for the night where you're practically not going to be, you know, we facilitated an environment of uh, you know introduction, fun, and just honestly whatever you want to do, like, you know, just don't steal our shit, treat our place nice. And our home is yours. It's good times, man. Um, what advice would you have for if anyone listening to this has thought about starting something similar, whether it's going out and buying property and then renting it out or even something smaller, like where we started, where maybe they have an extra space or like an ADU that they just want to rent out uh, short term on Airbnb. What's like one piece of advice? Cause obviously there's a lot we could talk about. Mine is, mine is, I, I always recommend to just become a student of the game and read up as, as much as you can on investing. You know, there's so many resources out there. Bigger Pockets Forum is great. Um, Air DNA is, is a great tool that I've spent a lot of time using that helps you uh, analyze the, the potential profits and, and revenue that you can um, generate from, from certain neighborhoods. And uh, so that's, that's how I went about it. And I think that um, it's, it's just a great way to, uh, to just kind of increase your, your confidence and your, um, you know, your skill level to, to get started in property investing. Yep. I'll link both of those resources in the show notes. Burn, what about you? My, uh, my only piece of advice uh, here, honestly, is, uh, you know, if you're going to do it uh, on your, if you plan on doing this with, uh, with family, friends, uh, you know, uh, anyone else whom you're, you're, you're very close with, uh, you know, significant other, whatever it is, unless you feel like 100 percent comfortable speaking uh aloud in front of that person do not do business with that person because uh the whole piece of advice where it's like don't do business with your friends really don't really just don't don't do it if you don't feel like 150 comfortable because you will have uh problems if you can't speak your minds and find solutions but you know you guys you know it's as good as can possibly get so that's uh that's my only well said 
Love it. I think both very good pieces of advice, also very like different topics. Um, so yeah, uh, very on point. All right, guys. Um, wish we could talk longer, but uh, the last question that I always like to end with, uh, what is one thing that is on your bucket list? One thing that's on my bucket list is uh, I want to be able to to own one of those uh, multi-property like motel type of uh, things close by the beach and end up renting one of those out at, uh, at some point. Yeah, it's the real estate, uh, you know, kind of focused podcast. So I figured I'd, you know, kind of keep, uh, you know, this part of my bucket list business focused. And uh, I think those things, I, I think that those businesses are, uh, are phenomenal. You'll get there soon, Berm. Thanks. Give it, give it five years. Yeah. If, if that. Better see your ass a million dollar listing. I'm investing mm-hmm. in you, baby. <laughs> so for me, at my uh, top item on my bucket list as of late is running the Boston Marathon. And ah. uh, I've, I've got my first marathon coming up in about three weeks, running the St. Jude Marathon in Memphis. Oh, yeah. And that this is going to be the, the first true test as to if I can make the pace that is required to qualify for Boston, which is uh, at least sub three hours, if not like two, two hour 55 and below every year, it starts dropping lower and lower. And so it, it comes out to like a 650 pace per mile for 26.2 miles. God damn. And I am, I am really trying to hit that this time around, but who knows if I'll, I'll get there. So it might take me a couple of years, but I want to get to Boston. Hell yeah. You're going to get there. And, yeah, you and definitely will. Yeah. The, the one thing that I will mention is that I've realized I don't like running long distances now. Now that really? I've been, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I used to be your thing. I am natural. I think running is one of my natural gifts. Like I'm just a very skinny dude. So I've got long legs, but, uh, but after 10 miles, it's, I just, you know, it's it's boring. It's, it's pain. It's, uh, (laughs) it's, it's like, you gotta be, you gotta be sick to, to run that far. is what I've learned. Yeah. I'd be a little bit of a masochist. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it'll be fun. But that's awesome, dude. Got to do it. Jay, what's next up for you? You mean in life or on my bucket list? On the bucket list. Ooh, good question. Any, any items on the list that you didn't accomplish that you wish you would have? I really want to get that selfie with Joseph Gordon-Levitt just because I feel like it'd be funny. Um, the other one, actually, I really want to do is time travel for New Year's Eve. I think I've explained this idea to you guys, but basically on New Year's Day, crossing a date line. So like on January 1st, fly somewhere, land on December 31st, celebrate New Year's Eve again. So, you know, celebrate New Year's twice. I think that'd be pretty cool. That'd be epic. I like it. I'm yeah, like it. New Zealand to the Cook Islands. That's the plan. Where yeah. are the Cook Islands? They're kind of off the coast of New Zealand, but basically New Zealand for all intents and purposes is like the first country um, that would become the uh, new year. And then the cook islands are like the last, you know, cause you cross the date line. So gotcha. the reason it's, the reason it's hard to do is because obviously there's a lot of places where, you know, you can fly even like Tokyo to San Francisco, you can fly and, you know, time travel back in time, but to do it on new year's day is actually really rare. I think there's only like five places where you could do it, where you would actually start, get on your flight on January 1st and then land on December 31st. But New Zealand to Cook Islands is, is one of those places. So 
That's the plan. I'm down to get cooking. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, all right, boys. Well, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you would want to mention? Anything else that our listeners should know? I don't know. I, mean, I think we covered some pretty good stuff. Uh, yeah, I feel like we could sit here all day talking about the business and all the memories. Yeah, no, obviously we could talk about the business at nauseum, but um, I think we're good. I think we got some good content in there. So very much appreciate you guys. Obviously love you guys. We'll see both of you very soon. Awesome, dude. Have a good Thanksgiving. Much love, baby. Love you too, baby. Let's go. All right, boys. See you guys. Peace. Peace. Peace.